What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. I'm Stacy Blackwood, along with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. I hear you, bud. Well, uh, a good weekend of football this last weekend. You know, the the Clemson-Texas A&M game was probably the best game that I watched. Uh, you know, it was a close battle. Texas A&M really played well. They they, they threw the ball well. Kellen Mond was on point. Uh, but Kelly Bryant made some plays in the second half. Uh, Alabama looked sharp. Auburn looked sharp. Of course, they played some lesser opponents. But uh, all in all, it was a good weekend of football. Sure was. Uh, just looking forward to this upcoming week. You know, we we picked out three games that we think are really important. Uh, the Alabama Ole Miss game, the TCU Ohio State game, and the uh, LSU Auburn game. Yes. Uh, we'll start with the uh, Ohio State TCU game first. Uh, just my quick thoughts on it. I don't think TCU's got enough firepower to to really to really beat Ohio State. I think they can kind of keep it close because they play good enough defense to, you know, maybe hang around for a little while. But yeah. Ohio State's one of the most talented teams, well-coached teams in the country. Uh, Dwayne Haskins has been incredible the first couple games. I know they haven't really played anybody, but he's he's got a high completion percentage and he's, he's making plays for the offense. They're balanced. They play good on defense. They can get after the quarterback. Their defensive line's really good. So I, it's a tough matchup for TCU. I think TCU can hang around, you know, like I said, for a little while because they, you know, they always play solid on defense. But in the end, Ohio State's too talented, too good. And I think they're going to win this game uh, 34 to 14. That's a what, good pick. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. And, and it seems like, you know, Ohio State's really gelling uh, without, you know, Ivermeyer leading them right now. And I hate to interrupt you, but quickly, it really surprised me. I know they haven't played anybody, but it's really surprised me how well they have played yes. without without Urban being on the sideline. I, I, I thought without him on the sideline, I didn't think they'd lose a game or anything. Right. But I, I thought they'd just kind of have a little bit of, I I don't know. They just wouldn't be clicking on all cylinders, but I I was wrong. They're they're hitting on all cylinders. They're playing well. They seem like they have good chemistry. Yeah, and uh, you know that's that's really a testament to Urban Meyer and the kind of program that he's built. Yeah, it is. And I mean, they put up seventy seven and fifty two, you know, points mm. in the last two games. I mean, they're they're really gelling. You talked about the quarterback; he's doing really good. Uh, that backup that came in last week. I mean, he went ten for ten. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he. Tate Martell, uh, yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's at TCU. I think TCU, you know, they they struggled, you know, first half, especially against, uh, I think it's SMU last yeah. week. Yeah, right. But in the second half, they come alive. But, I mean, it's at home. Uh, I think they'll stay in it for a little while. But I think Ohio State pulled pull it out. I'm going, I'm going close. I'm going 31-27. Okay. Uh it, I, I could, like you said, I, I can see TCU keeping it close, but I, yeah. I just think Ohio State's too talented. They, they're they playing are. really well. Haskins is playing really well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they got Bosa on the edge on defense. He is a man. He is a stud. He's awesome. But uh, uh but you know I, I can see it being close. But 
Uh, moving on to uh, to Auburn and LSU. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Auburn's going to beat them pretty bad. Yeah. I think, you know, Auburn at Jordan-Hare is just a different team than on the road. And, uh, you know, in a big game in that stadium, Auburn usually brings their A game. And uh, LSU, I'm not – I'm not sold on Burrow at quarterback. I mean, he's obviously an upgrade from what they had in the past, but that's really not saying much. Mm-hmm. They are playing better up front. They got some talent on the on the perimeter in the receiving core. They got a good running back. Uh, their defense is really good. We know that. It's, it's always good. But I, I just think that Auburn and Jarrett Sivum are going to be able to, to take advantage of of some uh, – of the of the home field, and I think the defense Auburn's defensive line is going to going to take over the game, and I'm going to say Auburn's going to win this game 31 to 13. That's a good pick too. I I I you know Stidham, uh, you know he didn't play. I don't think at all in the second half. I think they pulled him. Might have pulled him early in the in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't yeah, really watch. They, the they game. did. They did. Yeah. And uh, but you know that that offense right now is really clicking. Um, you know, LSU, you know, bro said he's he's pretty doggone good, but, you know, they only scored 24 points, like, you know, in their last game. I don't – especially against a small school. Um, but bro said he's he's a good running back. But Auburn, they've got – you know, of course, they did play Alabama State. They had a good balance, though. They uh, got 122 rushing yards from uh, Jock Tervis Whitlow. Mm-hmm. And Sean uh, Silver's had 117. Um, I think LSU might keep it close for a little while, but the fourth quarter, I think Auburn pull away. I'm going to pick 38 to 27. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's hard for me to picture LSU scoring many points against that Auburn defense, especially on especially on the road. Yeah, you're right. You know, if it was in Tiger Stadium and Death Valley, it may be a little different, but. Uh, I think Auburn's the better team. Uh, I think Auburn's the second-best team in the West this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think that that Alabama and Auburn are, you know, really a, a step ahead of everybody else in the West right now. And But but yeah. but, but, but it's a long season, and, and you never know what could happen. You know, Auburn's uh, – Jarrett Stidham going down, and I'm not sure how well they would be – how good of a yeah. team they would be then without Stidham. He, he is – He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, I want to make one quick comment. I think that the game for Auburn to for them is going to be uh, November sixth at you know Mississippi State. That that game right there will who you know will prove if if they come out and win, you know then and it's said they are probably uh, it'd be Alabama and Auburn, you know, in the top top two in the West, but. You know, Mississippi State's played pretty good this year. Uh, we'll have to see about that in a couple of weeks. But, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think I think Auburn will be undefeated until until that time. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't see them them losing either. No, not either. You know, until they get to them to the big matchups at the end of the year with Georgia and Alabama. Exactly. Uh, but moving on to our our final game is uh, Alabama at Ole Miss, six o'clock kickoff on ESPN. I'm really excited to see both the quarterbacks play. You know, Jordan Tamu is really talented. He's fourth in the country in passing yards. Uh, and, and don't sleep on the running game. You know, they're running back. He's fourth in the country in rushing yards right now. Right. And, and he's averaging 10 yards a carry. So, he's a home run threat. Uh, 
they got playmakers on the outside with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. So you can't – this Ole Miss team can score some points, and they probably will score some points on Alabama. You know, they'll be playing at home in front of their their fans, and they'll be fired up to play. Uh, you know, I'm just not sure that Ole Miss's defense can stop Alabama's offense. I, yeah. I, you know, Tua and, and Jordan are playing – they're two, two of the best quarterbacks in the SEC right now. But I don't see Ole Miss being able to slow down Alabama. I think Alabama can name their score pretty much on offense in this game. But I do think Ole Miss will put some points on the board. I think I think they're talented enough to hang with Alabama for a little while, especially at home. But, you know, really in the second half of the game, Alabama's ability to control the ball and to, and to take advantage of, of, you know, maybe some miscues by Ole Miss, I think Alabama's going to win the game 45-20. to 20. And uh, I think, you know, two will throw for a few more touchdown passes. He's so efficient on third down. He is yes. perfect on third down, which is incredible to me. It I, is. He's, uh, it's like he's just playing around on first and second down and then he, just so he can set up and make a good play on third down. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, that's my score prediction. I, I think Alabama wins it, you know, pretty, pretty heavily. I think, I think the spread right now is 20. I think it's the last I've seen. I may be wrong on that one. But uh, I do think Alabama will cover the spread when it's all said and done. What's your thoughts on the game? You know, um, last, in our last podcast, um, one of the last ones we talked about, you know, Arkansas State had a had a good, solid offense. You know, we talked about Ju- uh, Justice Hanson. Mm-hmm. He was probably going to be playing in the NFL, you know, on Sundays. But uh, the way Alabama took him out, and he only went 15 for 36 – for 140 yards, mm-hmm. so he Alabama showed up, and especially that that secondary, and uh, and had some big plays. And uh, one in, interesting stat about Tua, I think they showed it uh, in the either in, during the game or I might have seen it on Twitter. But he scores a touchdown every 6.6 passes, man. Attempts that that is unreal. I mean, it really is. Yeah, the kid is amazing, and Alabama. You know, we've we've had some good quarterbacks. I mean, you know, we had AJ McCarron's the, the biggest one that comes to mind. Um, but th- this offense, it just seems like now we can score at will, and and Tua just is so efficient. And right. it seems like every time he gets the ball, we're going to score a touchdown. You know, I mean, he is just. But but I also want to point out. Jalen had a really good game as well. Uh, he really did. He played. He played well Saturday. He did, and uh, I was glad to see it for him. Um, you know, he's uh, he's still on the team, and he's part of the team. And uh, of course, Najee Harris. He looks like he's fixing to break out. And, yep. Uh, I mean, he is absolutely amazing. Um, I I think I really think Alabama's going to win uh, big time. I'm picking forty eight to ten. Forty eight ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh. uh I want to touch on Jalen again. You know, mm-hmm. he 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 is far. I know it was a small sample size, but as far as you know, making throws and and decision making, that was really one of the best games I ever I ever saw him passing yeah, wise. It is. I mean, he was his throws were accurate and on time. He was throwing in rhythm, and it it was really good to see him do that. Not not just because it helped Alabama play better, but just kind of him personally and kind of the situation that he's in right now. But, uh, 
and the and the fact that him and two were celebrate together, you know, two was the first one on the field to yes. to celebrate with Jalen after he throws his touchdown passes. Yep. They they genuine genuinely care about each other and care about the team. And you know, Jalen's attitude about this whole situation is really what's good about college athletics. You know, it's it is he he doesn't have the the me myself and I mentality. It, it really is about Alabama right now to him. Yes, and that's that's not saying that he won't transfer at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And who I mean, because who would blame him if he did? Right. But uh, right now he's really carrying himself in in a first class way. Two is two is the same way because you know it, it's probably you know they're friends. They've been friends for uh, a year and a half now since Tua stepped on campus uh, mm-hmm. last January, and you know so. Tua grew up behind Jalen, you know, probably admired him a little bit, and they become close friends, and then right. Tua takes his job. So, you know, it's it's kind of an awkward situation for him, too, I'm sure. But, you know, they seem like they've remained friends. You know, they got good heads on their shoulders, and and that that's really good to see this day and age when there's so many athletes that are, you know, it's just about them. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm just I'm just real proud that, that they don't have that attitude and that, that they're all about Alabama right now yeah you know I, I want to talk about you know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about the off, Alabama's offensive line struggling mm-hmm. I, I I just think it's more of consistency mm-hmm. I think I think they play really well at times and then it, sometimes you know they're they're not quite there but a lot of that has to do with getting reps together right and, you know Saban says he like he's been keeping them in a little bit longer the starting five, so they could, you know, they could kind of mesh together a little bit. And uh, I, I think, you know, by another three or four games, the offensive line is going to be really dominant because all the guys are are really talented. And uh, I, I just think they just need a little more time to mesh and and to to grow together uh, the way they're lined up right now from left to right. Right. Uh, I like Pierce Baker in the middle. He's mm-hmm. you know he's a veteran player. Uh, the two guys on the right side are young and talented. Jonah Williams is a, is a, now in his third year as a starter at left tackle. Lester Cotton, same thing at left guard. You know, he's moved from right to left this year. Yes. Uh, but I, I really believe, like I said a minute ago, that by, by the time they play another couple games, the offensive line will, line will be dominating like we're used to seeing them do. Yeah. Uh, the secondary is playing really well. I, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with how well the secondary is playing. Uh, Xavier McKinney has been a stud, and nobody's really talking about him. Mm-hmm. He leads the team in tackles right now. Uh, Deontay Thompson is, you know, we talked about him last week, how how he is just all over the field. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're going to start to see Patrick Sertain Jr. play a little bit more. Uh, his, his length on the corner – it will be come in handy, especially against a team like Ole Miss, who's got, you know, Brown six one, DK Metcalf six four. Yes. You know, when you got, you know, we you got a corner that's six two with long arms like like Sertain Junior has. I mean that 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 could come in handy against those big receivers that Ole Miss has. And uh, you know, looking forward on the schedule, you know, teams like Texas A and M, they got big receivers. So I, I think I think we're going to start seeing him play a little bit more because he when he's been in the game he is he has played really well. He got called for a pass interference of the day that was just garbage call. Yeah, it was. But that that's going to happen though from time to time. You just got to play the next play. But right. I really like what I'm seeing from the secondary. Uh, 
the defensive line, you know, the first three guys are really good. We talked about that too. It's just trying to find that depth uh, after those front three guys. Kind of the same thing with the linebacking core. But overall, I mean, I think the defense right now is still growing. They don't seem like they, they're playing at full speed, so to speak. Like they're, right. still, they're still thinking a little bit right now. But I, I think like the offensive line with a couple more games, you're going to see them flying around the field making plays and playing the Alabama defense that we've come to, come to love in the Nick yeah. Saban era at Alabama. That's right. Uh, you got anything to add to that? I just want to um, make a comment. I was sitting here thinking about it. You know, I want to give props to uh, – I think is it is it Mike Loxley or Mark Loxley? The, Mike our, Loxley. Yeah, our offense coordinator. I think he has, you know, caught a really great two games, you know, um, offensively. I think he's going to do well. You know, that was – you know, especially a couple years ago in the championship game, we could not move the ball whatsoever. Of course, we didn't have Tua in the game. So that mm-hmm. makes a difference, but I think he's done well. I think he's uh, taken over that role, and uh, and I just I just think he's uh, he was good a good fit there. Yeah, but, he has called really good games. You know, I don't know if you remember when Juice Williams was the quarterback at Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loxley was the offense coordinator there when they were racking up points, and I think they went to the Rose Bowl. That's right. Uh, uh, that year, Mike Loxley was a part of that, and uh, then he went on to be head coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he yeah he he he's he's a really good mind on the offensive end. He know he knows how to set up plays. He does. He, he's really good at that. And I think Dan Enos has been really helpful, especially for Jalen mm-hmm. as a quarterbacks coach, as somebody else to point out. And I, I think Tosh Lapoy's done pretty good as the defensive coordinator too. He has. And uh, I I really like the coaching staff right now. Now if we can just keep keep the same coaching staff for a few years instead of having to change coordinators every year. I know it's crazy, you know, but I mean they're part of the Saban era, and it seems like Saban grows these uh, these coordinators, and they turn out to be really great coaches, you know. Right, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Saban's coaching tree is amazing. It really is. Hey, and I I need to eat crow. I predicted South Carolina to beat Georgia, and then South Carolina to go on and win the East, and boy was I wrong. Yeah, and I and it wasn't that I was wrong on Georgia as much as I was wrong on Will Muschamp. I thought Will Muschamp had finally turned the corner. I did too. And I, I'm sorry when you lose a game at home, for, forty-one to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Nah, you just you're just not you just don't have it. You know, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He's he's a good enough coach for South Carolina. Yeah, but I thought he had, he might have turned the corner with Jake Bentley at quarterback. You know, they they have they have pretty good offensive weapons. I thought they were, they were going to be a little better on defense, but but Georgia is the real deal. I mean, Kirby Smart has turned Georgia into a power. They've always been you know a ten win team, but he's turned them into a legitimate title contender. Definitely, and and they're going to be here for years to come. So. It, the rest of the season should be fun. We need to give a shout-out to Kentucky for beating Florida for the first time in 31 years. Uh, so, they've never beaten them in my life. Or mine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's wild to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the podcast that Jimbo uh, seems like he's got Texas A&M going in the right, right direction. You know, I think, I think they got robbed towards the end of that game on that fumble. But they too. said went out of the back of the end zone for a touchback. To me, 
it was clear as day that it went out of bounds uh, instead of in the end zone. But, you know, that's like, like Jimbo said, he didn't make any excuses. He said that, you know, that's football. You get, sometimes you get good calls. Sometimes you get bad calls and you just got, you just got to keep playing. But, you know, they still had a chance to win it. But I I think if that call goes their way, I think they pulled the upset that you called Mm -hmm. uh, over Clemson, you know, and and I want to say something about Clemson. You know, a lot of people are down on them now after, after going in there, but I'm telling you, college station's a tough place to play. It was loud all night. Man, it was that was that was a crazy environment, you know. It was. And and you know, Kellen Mond played the game of his life. He did. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. A and M's receivers were making unbelievable catches. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's I, I think Jimbo has him pointing in the right direction. I don't think people need to overreact. I don't think they're ready to contend for the West quite yet. Quite quite quite. Uh, but uh, I, I do believe that he uh, he can get the job done there. But it's it's a tough division with Alabama and Auburn and LSU. Yeah, and and Mississippi State too. They they seem like they're a pretty decent team right now. But you know it's kind of wait and see on them. But uh, as far as Clemson goes, don't be down on them. Dabo, they're in the ACC. That was probably the toughest game they're going to play all year because Florida yeah. State Florida State's a dumpster fire right now. It is. Uh, so Dabo will be okay. He'll probably have them back in the playoff this year. But uh, that's all I got, Jake. If you don't have anything else, uh, we can wrap this one up. You got anything to add on? Uh, now, you're good. I was just going to say, you know, I actually said at our very first podcast, I didn't really like the hire of of uh, T- Tager down there at Florida State. And, yeah. and it's proven me right. I mean, he, he just – I. They struggled against Sanford. I mean, yeah. Sanford led that game most of the way until the fourth quarter. So, you know, that, like you said, they're, they're a dumpster fire. So I don't, and they got talent, like you said, because, you know, Jimbo was there and mm-hmm. he did pretty real well for him. But I don't know. He just, he, he just not coaching, you know, I just, I don't know. He just, <laughs> he just want, he just wanted the right coach, I didn't think. It doesn't seem like it so far. Right. I do want to touch on the NFL real quick. Last night, you know, the the Jets, Sam Donald's debut. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have started out any worse with a pick six, but he recovered really well. He did, you know, and they come, they won that game. Matthew Stafford was terrible. Yeah, I mean, throwing into to double coverage and uh, just he threw four interceptions. It was not a good good uh, debut for Matt uh, Patricia as the head coach there. It was uh, John Gruden made his debut with the Raiders, or his, or however you want to say it, his. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that that didn't go well for him either. But you know, NF, new NFL coaches this year went zero and seven in the first week, so it's that's not it's not easy. No, it's not. But uh, that's all we got for for tonight. Uh, like I said, please give us a follow on Twitter at double cub underscore pod on on Twitter. You know, hit us up with the hashtag double coverage. Yes. Uh, I'm Stacy Blackwood with, with Jake Thomas. Y'all have a good evening. See y'all.